Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you'll get when you decide an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot co and be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about podco selection of the application happy friday you already know it's been a long week we have some good things to talk about we have some bad things to talk about we have some things that may trigger sadness we got a lot to talk about. So I just wanted to give that five seconds of a trigger warning. There's a lot to unpack with just this week. I had a whole nother show planned and I had to switch it just because of everything that's going on. Cause I always want to be sensitive to life and life has been really kicking people's behinds lately and I'm no different. Right. And so I want to say, if this is your first time, remember, do not be a stranger, take your shoes off, grab your favorite drink if you're relaxing, awesome. If you're working out, do your thing. I, I see you. I'm high-fiving you. We see you. But we are going to get right into the episode because I don't want to miss anything. Uh, it's been a long week and I wanted to give my condolences to DMX's family and friends and all of us who support and love him as well as his music. I talked about DMX and keeping him in prayer last episode. And then unfortunately, by the time I posted the episode, he unfortunately had passed. And I wanted to read a quote that I just recently saw from Snoop Dogg. Um, He said DMX did not did not wait to be perfect for God to use him. He taught people that you can be flawed and still be used as a vessel. And that resonated with me because again, we all want to become, you know, our best versions. And when you're actively working through things, it sounds great when you, you know, you're doing better, you're learning better, you're loving better, you're living better. But there may be times and I know there's been times in my life where I've wondered, like, why have this, you know, certain thing have happened? And it's because you can still be flawed and still be used. Your example of the things that you're putting out into this world, whether good or bad, can be used to help somebody else to avoid a mistake. And it can help to bring somebody out who feels like they're in the worst possible state that they could obviously be in and they still are being used. God can use any last one of us. So I just wanted to give that encouragement. We all go through our ups and our downs. We go through our, our mountaintops and our valleys. And doesn't matter where we are and where we are in our journey, we can still be used. So con- my condolences to DMX, his family. And it's just a sad time because, you know, I was introduced to DMX in college. So this is over 16, 20, 20 years. And um, my heightness when anything DMX would come on there was plenty of times where me and my friends it was four of us it was a group of us and not that we didn't have other friends outside of that but we were like the bunch we were always together and one time we were leaving from Philadelphia to go back to say college and my husband he wasn't my husband at the time he's my boyfriend and he got tired he fell asleep he was just getting sleepy just driving back you know from Penn State to I mean, to, from Philadelphia to Penn State, it's about three, three and a half hour drive, depending on who's driving. Um, sometimes can be four. But as he got tired, then my friend, she decided to pick up and drive. And so we're listening to DMX like on pretty much on blast 
um, trying to keep ourselves up, keep ourselves awake because those mountains, when you're, you know, driving up there, it can be really a hot mess if you're not paying attention. So DMX kept us up and it was just my first connection with DMX. And so I'm grateful that my husband really put me on. And over the years, you know, I've always admired how, again, he would fall so many times, but get himself right back up. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about the bad about him. And he, you know, he has those moments. There's nothing we can do about that. But the good in him and the love that he tried to spread and the joy and his intensity, you know, his intensity is something that people look at and now they are fully aware and engaged just because of his intensity. So again, it's just an example of how you can still be used. You still can be flawed and still find your way. And again, everything that we do, whether it's good or bad, can be a message to someone else. I've done so many things in my life that has been a message like, hey, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't engage with that. So we all have this ability to be used. So I just want us to remember that. And of course, I I don't want to swear, but I will say strongly that this has been an, a very crazy week when it comes to um, issues within the black community. And I want to, I know some people don't agree with Black Lives Matter and that's fine, but I want you to at least agree with the black lives that are on display, right? Like the organization Black Lives Matter has been tainted in one way or the other. And I'll say that strongly, even as a black woman, because there's been so many things that has happened good or bad within the actual, the actual organization of Black Lives Matter. But as a black woman, my black, my black life actually matters and so when I think about the separating the two because some even black people some people are like no I'm not fooling with the black lives matter um, organization there's a difference between the organization and actual black lives right and so even if you don't agree with the organization you still should be able to agree with black lives and the fact that we have what I think three or four cases just this week that we're dealing with it's crazy to me that we're in this position and again everybody's talking about how well we have cell phones now we have videos now and it makes a difference it doesn't always make a difference I think there's more trauma and having something be so clearly done and then having to then say okay so this happened so why why can't you pay attention to it now why are you not accepting it I think that's the traumatic part of it is knowing that one we always knew that the violence against black people existed but then seeing it play out and then having to justify why and then the justification of it doesn't make sense and it's just flat out wrong. I think that, again, brings a level of trauma that is just doesn't make any sense to me at all. But we are here and that is what we are dealing with. And it's just disheartening. I mean, I look at my son and I just pray that he is always going to have the covering because I can't imagine doing or going through any of those things. And I remember when I was younger, it was always a big thing about, you know, telling your black sons. I don't ever remember my parents having that conversation with me specifically about me having something happen to me as a black black female. And I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm just saying it wasn't as prominent as it was when we we're talking about, you know, with with black men. And so now it don't matter. You can be a kid, right? We're dealing with a kid that got shot. You could be a kid. You can be an adult. You can be a female. You can be a male. It just does not matter. So it's really tough out here. And for self-care purposes, it's tough to try to push through that. And you know that you know how the story is going to end, right? doesn't matter if the police officer got caught. It doesn't matter if there was video. It doesn't matter if there's audio. It doesn't matter if we take it to court. It only matters at the simple fact that at the end of the day, if I'm black or if I'm brown, it's all one and the same. We don't have value. And we do. We have so much value. I don't want us to just have value when it's okay to appropriate, right? And I don't want us to have value when it's okay to, you know, to be a culture vulture, but I want us to matter at all times, just like our counterparts. So this is going to be an ongoing situation. I have been watching it. Um, I've been watching it from afar, but closely. Like I have not sat and watched and um a lot of the the trial with uh, Derek, I can't do it. it. The stuff that I'm even just seeing, the snippets, the recaps, I'm like, no, I can't sit there and watch that whole thing. And I know that I sh- probably should. And I was trying to, s- at first I felt really guilty about that. But for the level of, of depression that I can go into just for myself with just different things, I cannot dip that low. And I can't sit there and take all of that in. 
I just have to catch my, my recaps and my, and my highlights and let that be that because I just have to protect myself. I have to protect my mind. I have to protect my heart. I have to protect my spirit because it can be really broken. And I know there's so many of us that are black and brown right now who are just broken because it's just a continuation of everything happening all over the, all over again. So I don't dismiss it. I'm just saying that there's just times for me where I have to do what's best for me. And I'm encouraging every last one of you to do the same thing. And no matter what the topic is, find a way to self care your, you know, to take care of your self care, because, you know, I don't need to have every detail down packed. But I do need to know the story I need to know and keep abreast about what's going on. But I personally cannot I cannot do that. I cannot sit there and listen to this for hours. I cannot watch the live trial. I just, it, I don't have it in me and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because that takes care of me. And how befitting that today is National Stress Awareness Day. If you follow me on the blog and you should, and that's remember that's at www.toytime.org. I know that the month of April is actually National Stress Awareness Month. And I have been doing my due justice to talk about it and to post articles that I've written about it. And just really um, making sure that we're aware that stress affects us in so many different ways from physically, you know, we can get sick and the doctors can run a thousand and one tests and find out that they can't duplicate or figure out what's wrong. Now, some of it could be because they didn't order the right tests, right? There's that always that slim possibility. But then this the other point of that is that we're not aware that we're stressing out and our stress is mimicking things that look like or appear to be a part of being sick, but they have nothing to do with that. Why? Because we're not, we're, we're stressed out. I mean, you can get stressed out to the point where your stomach is hurting and it could feel like you have, you know, appendicitis and then it really just was stress. I actually had that happen to me when I was in my, I want to say my mid twenties, I went to the doctor, like I was complaining of these stomach hurting, these, these stomach pains and I was passing out, like literally falling out, passing out, um, like a couple times a week. This happened like for a couple of weeks because when it started happening, I just started going to the doctors and they ran every test. So they thought it was my appendix. They removed my appendix. And six weeks later, they discovered, oh, wait a minute, maybe it was the gallbladder. So they did this test and they were like, OK, it's the gallbladder. So they removed that. So at that point, once I had the appendix out and then six weeks later had the gallbladder out. And then after that, I got sick again it boiled down to my decisions and my choices that were happening at that moment. I mean, in my mid twenties, I wasn't really, you know, doing what I needed to do, or I was just doing what 20 year something year olds do, you know, living life on the edge, you know, still acting like I was in college, making bad decisions from dating, um, out all night drinking all the time, eating bad food, uh, just pretty much doing the whole 20, you know, living my life. I'm single. I'm not entitled to somebody. I'm gonna do what I want to do. And my life was really just all over the place and helter skelter. And I, I didn't have any, nothing to tie me down. So I did what I wanted to do. And that cost, right? That physical stress, that was a lot. And it paid, I paid for that. I paid with two surgeries. I'm at this point where I don't have anything personally left to give because I, you know, after that, I don't have an appendix. I don't have a gallbladder. I don't even have a uterus because I've had a full hysterectomy surgery. So I have that gone. I don't have anything left to give at this point. I mean, if they, I just don't, <laughs> my body is done, done. Um, and over the years, even after that, I found myself in other stressful, stressful situations and I would all of a sudden have migraines. Like I was dealing with migraines for a while and some of it had to do with me needing glasses. So thank, thank God for that. Got glasses. Sometimes I teeter-totter between contacts, but mostly my glasses. I don't like anything on my eye. I just, I never could get into it fully, but stress can kill you literally. And I'm grateful that that stress that I was dealing with and even the stress that I've dealt with now um, has not done anything to me. And I've actually learned to be aware of my, the stress levels that I can be in and what stress does to me. I think we all deal with stress differently and it all manifests itself differently in our bodies. So we really have to be completely careful about what we do, how we do and and why. And so 
yeah, I um, stress can be physical. Stress can be emotional. Listen, I've been so stressed out and I thought something happened that didn't even happen. Like I could have an argument with my husband and it don't even be about what actually is going down, but I'm so stressed out that honestly, I'm not hearing anything. He's not getting a word edgewise in like emotionally just being a, a complete wreck. Right. And mentally stress can be a mental fight, a mental battle, a mental uphill situation that doesn't really help anybody, doesn't profit anybody. So stress really does show itself up in many ways. Thus, this is the reason why, in addition to therapy, thus, in addition to making sure I take care of myself, a part of that is eliminating as much stress as possible. Um, I have been trying to do the best I can to find a way to work smarter and not harder you know, finding things that will help organize my life. You know, I used to be like, oh, I have to do everything myself. If I'm a Taurus, if you care, like I'm a Taurus and Taurus are stubborn. Taurus are super stubborn. And I used to be like, no, that's not me. I'm not stubborn. I am like super stubborn. I'm like queen stubborn, but that stubbornness, it has helped me. It's helped me to be a little bit more aggressive like in my career and things of that sort. But that stubbornness again can create a stress level that is unnecessary. And so while I'm doing all the things, everybody else is like, oh, well, I'm using this app or this situation, this apparatus, and it's helping me in more ways than one. And so, yeah, then I'm, you know, tired. Now I'm cranky and now I'm irritable. And now my kids are paying and my husband are paying like stress. Stress can be so tiring. Like it taxes you. It taxes your body. It taxes your mind. It taxes your emotions. And at nine times out of 10, you're the one that's left holding everything, right? You feel like you have given, given, given and done and done and done. And yet you are just literally at your wits end. So if you are dealing with stress to the point where you can't control it, like, let me just tell you right now, no matter how great your life may be, no matter how amazing you may feel like things are in its place, stress is going to knock on the door of every last person. Stress knocked on the door of myself, my life this whole entire week. And I had to keep really just like really checking myself really taking the time to listen to myself. What did I need? And I was able to figure it out. Like I need to take a break. I need to take a stop. I need to get some water. I need to do whatever it is that I need to do just because I need to get my mind together. Um, and that's, that's how that rolls. So if you are feeling overly stressed, I would love to suggest to you for one to write things down what is actually bothering you sometimes in our minds, because again, stress can attack our mindsets. Sometimes we think that things or situations are a lot worse than what they really are. And if we take a step back for just a couple of moments, we may find that the situation is not as bad. So therefore, when you write it down, it kind of gives it more, you know, validity, and then you can see that whatever you're stressing about may or may not even actually be as serious as it needs to be. Um, for me, um, journaling is the best way for me to get that out, to get that to paper and to really just figure it out for what it is that I need. Um, for me, I also am very a big component of therapy. I know everyone does not believe in that. They don't think that they need it. They think their life is all together. They can just pray and they're straight. And listen, if that is you and you have been able to pray and have had nothing else fall in your life and you're great, listen, kudos to you. But for the rest of us who have prayed and can use faith and have decided to take our faith and prayer to a therapist so that we can get our lives together so that we can go to the person that made a therapist that can give me the tool sets to become greater and better. That is where I am. Right. And so sometimes even with therapists, even with therapy, like a therapist is not someone you call like you calling your girlfriend. A therapist is a designated time for you to have that moment to gather your tools and not every therapist is on a 24 hour call me anytime you want to text me anytime you want to. There are some companies that will do that. I think better health. I think they do that where you can text someone at any given time that you need it. But for the majority of people, that's just not how that is done. So therapy has its work. But if you are stressed and you're not handling stress well, therapy can be a great asset to you to get yourself together. Um, in addition to that, I am a big component of self-care. And again, self-care is not only in bubble baths and going to get a pedicure or a manicure. That is called normal life. That is called normal maintenance. Um, but it can turn out to be um, self-care if that is what you need at that moment. For me, 
Self-care is telling my kids, listen, go ahead and touch that, um, that Kindle early, go ahead and use it. I need to get something done and I need 20 minutes of uninterrupted time. Go ahead and do that. Right. That is self-care, especially for moms who want to limit their children's intake of what they're doing. But in the same token, you need that five minutes of like, I need to catch my breath moment, or I need to send this last email out. And I need you to guys to kind of settle down and allow me to do that. That may be self-care. I've had times where just going out and getting in my car, driving to a coffee shop, it could be Starbucks, Dunkin', whatever you choose, um, a local shop, whatever the case, and just getting out with the windows down and getting that fresh air and going by myself and grabbing that cup of coffee, that is self-care. Because it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. You don't have to consider, you know, which child is not going to college just for self-care. You really have to find ways to commit to yourself and taking care of yourself. And it may not always come with a big price tag. Some of my self care moments has been, you know, I really would like to, I desire to have a sandwich, a certain sandwich. So I'm going to make that sandwich. For me, sometimes self care is cleaning up, right? Although that is about more about responsibility. You know, I may have had it on my heart to clean a certain area of my house. So let me go ahead and get that done. And then while I'm doing it, I'm processing myself, right? I'm processing what I'm going through. I'm thinking ahead about what it is that I can or cannot do. That is self-care. So I don't know if I mentioned last week that I went and purchased a new coloring book, like adult coloring book. Not the little 99 cent one or the couple dollar one that I would get my kids. This is like a, I don't know, like under 10, maybe like $7 um, coloring book and some new uh, color pencils. Because you know what? I used to love coloring when I was a kid. Like I used to be the kid that would outline the edges and then fill it in, you know, shade it in really well. Oh, you couldn't tell me nothing when I was a kid. And so I find that using adult coloring books, which has always been made, you know, now it's a new thing, you know, everybody's like, let's get a coloring book before that was never nothing that anyone ever would do. So now the coloring book is a thing and I enjoy sitting around coloring in my coloring book. I do. And I'm still using my gratitude journal um, where I write, I have to write it from every day. One thing, one thing that you are grateful for. So I am enjoying that. But another thing that I did this week, and if you've been following me on the blog, you already are aware, is I bought myself a new plant. Now, I am not a green thumb of anybody's sorts. Like I couldn't even be near the category of green thumbs. However, I have been having this desire to be a plant mom for quite some time. And I said, before I turn 40, don't ask me why I set that as a goal. Now, when I say I set that as a goal, I set that goal like a couple of months ago. It's not like when I was a kid, I was like, before I turn 40, I'm going to be a plant mom. I really made this goal a couple of months ago. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And every time I went to go do this, like I had it on my mind, I was going to get up and do this was going to be the day I was going to get it done. Do you not know, like just life would happen or I would be out with my family and then the time would go. And then of course it was closed to go to the nursery and pick one out. Well, I went to urban Philly, um, urban jungle Philly, obviously in Philly. And, um, yeah, it was not a long process. I had an idea about what it is that I wanted because I did my own research and now I have my own peace lily and she's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. However, as much joy and she does bring me all kinds of joy. Listen, my little plant is everything. Her name is um, Amalika and that means freedom and she's being a peace lily and her name being freedom means so much to me first of all I'm trying to pursue peace with everything that I can I don't want nothing that comes in this home that comes near this home to not be about peace I'm trying to have peace no matter what that means for me peace means not talking to somebody because they're not right or I'm not right with them that's fine with me too I just want peace right and I think that's a whole different opposite from when I was in my 20s because I was the pop up and pop off queen. 
it's amazing how now when you get a little older, like, you know, everybody used to tell me when you get older, you'll get it together. When you get older, you'll, you'll stop all that foolishness. They were right. I always knew they was right though. I knew they were right when they said it. It's just, you know, I got to be combative. That's what I do. Stubborn Taurus. And I got this peace lily plant and her name is Amalika and she's, her name means freedom. And I specifically sought out the name and the meaning of freedom to find her name. So I have have her in the house. She's amazing. But my cat, the way his life is set up, he he don't love the Lord. First of all, I'm still trying to get him to get saved. Because why in the world, the second I brought this this plant in the house, I bring Amalika. I'm proud of her, right? She has the cutest little, um, she's just potted so well. Like her little accessories, listen, she's cute. Look at her on my um, blog. You'll see her. She's amazing, right? And so I'm really proud. I'm excited. And I'm talking about like smiling from the from the time I walked her to the car because, you know, I couldn't find a quicker, I couldn't find like a closer spot. So I had to park a little ways, but it wasn't that deep. I actually got lost thinking I was further than I was, but I wasn't. I'll tell that story another day. However, I was proud. So I put Amalika, she's pretty, she's pretty big. And I put her into the front seat because I bought the stand and the potting thing. I bought everything. So she's, she's all dolled out. So me, I had to strap her into the car with the car, with the seatbelt, right? So she's the only plant out here chilling on the seatbelt on a random Tuesday. I put her in there and we strap her in and I'm coming back to the house. And I literally smiled to my face was probably hurting. I was just in so much complete joy which was the whole purpose of me buying it from buying her in the beginning, right? Just all this joy. So I come bop it in the house and I put her down and my kids is hyped. She finally got her plant. She finally got her plant and I'm hyped too. Like, yes, you see her, you see her. So I introduced her to the kids individually. Yes, I am that extra. I introduced her very much individually. And so then my cat comes down. And he goes and tries to lunge. I had to stand and put my hand between Amalika and my cat Tiki. And I'm like, I know you're not loving the Lord. I know you don't. I, you just, you working for the devil. This has got to be some messed up situation. Why are you like this? And you decide to choose violence. Why? Why? Like literally, why are you like this? So we're having a little issues of getting him to adjust. Now, since then he's you know there's been days when he walks right past her like he don't even know her he don't know she exists and he don't care nothing about her then it's those days where I stand up questioning like is he going this going to be the moment when he's going to try to take her out so we're in a little bit of a cat training trying to get him to just mind his business the business that pays him since he don't have a job that means keep it moving sir and um so that's where we are But she brought me so much joy. And I think it wasn't even because of just her existence. Although plants do make people happy. I think it was just the fact that it was something that I knew that was just for me. Like my husband is not Gaga over my plant. He won't even acknowledge her name. Like I'd be like, talk to your daughter. You know, I'm a plant mom. You're the plant dad. He's like, "Mm, no, not plant dad. And so he won't even say her name. And I'm like, well, at least say freedom, call her freedom baby or something like, you know, call her, do something. And he's just, he's not biting. And so nonetheless like I don't even care if he just never showed any type of anything or energy towards her let me tell you I got enough energy for her for her for everybody and just just the point that I set out to do something that I knew it would make me happy and so I can't stop smiling over and I am that extra I actually have her sitting next to me while I'm recording one is because um I don't trust my cat I just told you that. So she has to be where I'm at. And yes, I have been up taking her up and down the steps in the house because there's times when I need to work out and my workout is in my office and that's downstairs in the basement. And my cat, although he has the bells and things on him, how am I going to hear him in the basement if I'm downstairs working out? So Amalika got to come down here with me and she watches me while I work out. So that's how extra I am. And that's what it's going to be. But y'all pray for my cat Tiki that someday that the Lord would touch his heart so he won't be choosing violence and he can get his life together and leave my plant, you know, his big sister alone or his baby sister alone and we can keep it moving. So that is what I did this week. Amalika is amazing in every way. And again, 
just doing something for yourself, I swear, it'd be the littlest things, but it means the absolute world. And those are the types of things that I have been digging deep in this week. It is literally 24 days until I turn 40. And I'm like, hmm, am I going to freak out? Like I've seen people who had these nervous breakdowns um, before they turn 40. I've seen people have this exuberant amount of joy. I love birthdays now. And so I do this toy abrasion and I kind of been extending the toy abrasion lately. And the things that I've been doing are just, again, what are those things that just truly make me happy? Like I asked my husband randomly a couple of days ago, like, can we just go to, I think it's Bed Bath & Beyond. Is that what it is? What is that? I think that's where I went, but I need to get candles and some things of that sort. So those are the things that, you know, made me excited. And I was like, let's just randomly go on a random whatever day it was. And let's just go get this because this is what I want. And it's like, let me take the time to just smell the flowers. Let me take the time to just appreciate where I'm at. Let me take the time to just be grateful for what I have. And that's what I've been doing. Um, and I, I've, I've been enjoying that. And every now and again, you should do that. You really should put yourself, put some energy right back into yourself. So the story of Adam Toledo, and I'm not going to go too in depth with it only because I am still processing it myself. We talked about the narratives and just dealing with trauma in the beginning and to see that this boy was 13 years old, my daughter will be 12. It's too close to home. And I did see the video. I would strongly caution you showing your children that I I am all here. Listen to me very clearly. I am all for making sure that our children stay aware and to know that they could be things can happen to them at any given time. But there's just sometimes, sometimes we have to be careful that we if we're feeling the trauma, if we're feeling the pain, I'm not putting that on my children. When they saw George Floyd, um, George Floyd die. And when I say that, I don't even, matter of fact, I know for a fact that they didn't watch him die. They didn't watch the video of him dying, but just talking about it, it broke, broke me. I actually blogged about that over the summer. So this is just going to be one of those videos that although we may have a conversation about it and I have to have the conversation because I'm full aware that my kids are at the age of understanding and they're also at the age where they have their friends who then talk about these situations. And I always like for that to come from me. But as far as them seeing that video, I will do everything in my power for them to not. The fact that I saw the video myself and as a parent, um, that was a little, it wasn't even a little, that was extremely hard to watch. And I don't know why that 13 year old boy was out there. Like, I have no idea why he was up there. The speculations that I've been seeing and everybody's been making their five seconds opinion. I don't know. I know that does not matter. I know that that's a child that was killed. I do know that as a parent, um, as a child myself to my parents from when I was a kid, I didn't always make the best decisions, um, even as a kid and or as an adult. And so people are always wanting to blame the parents for why things may have happened. I, I can't answer that. Right. Because I'm trying to do the best I can to raise my children. And there could be a chance where they get caught up somewhere, not necessarily in, in nowhere in this matter, but just make a decision that just would be like, why did they do that? They have good parents. Like, I don't know the extent of his of his parenting to him. I don't know what type of parenting he had, what type of environment. What I do know is a child was shot. What I do know is the story that was told from the very beginning does not begin to add up again. And that's what I want to focus on. And then the fact that, you know, this happened and now the parents are having to relive this again as the, the, the video is now being released and the world is now experiencing this and the trauma that it just, listen, I don't have any words, but I would just say, if you're a parent, please do the best that you can to not let your young children see that. Again, my kids being around the same, my older child is around the same age and I still don't think she's old enough to see something like that. So we or I and my husband, I will be making sure that that they don't see that that's just something to me that's just not appropriate for my children's age. And I don't disagree with whoever may do it with yours. I'm just saying that I am suggesting that you don't let your younger children see it. Um, it's not an easy watch at all. 
I wanted to go back to some of the things that I have been doing this week, not because I want to recap it, but more or less because I'm in this very active that I've been in this quite some time active journey on wellness, health and mental health, um, taking care of my body. And so I have been doing um, intermittent um, fasting and it's hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't know what I was anticipating, but whatever I was anticipating, I am now seeing was not as big of a deal as I thought. And I'm actually doing fine. And that's big for me because, you know, it's one thing when you say you're going to let go and forgo some type of thing. When you tell your body you can't have something during a certain amount of period of time, your body all of a sudden tells you that you need to have it. Um, And I'm grateful to say that I am learning to, you know, go through knowing what my body wants and making sure if it's just hunger or if it's just because I'm used to it. For instance, I usually eat during my kids schedule. So we eat first thing in the morning, I'll have a snack. Um, you know, like they tell you to eat, you eat a breakfast snack, then you have lunch, then you have a snack, then you have dinner. That is my normal, you know, eating habits. That's how I would eat. But I would find that times like I would go for my morning snack and I really wasn't hungry or I would go for my afternoon snack, but I really wasn't hungry. I would just grab something because, you know, my kids and I are eating. So we'll just eat at the same time and keep going. But now that I'm being more careful and more mindful, I'm like, wait, I'm not hungry. I'm just grabbing that. Let me go get some water, which has also increased my water intake. And that's actually been very helpful. So again, I know everybody is not into fasting Um, I will leave a link um, for temper, which is the new um, product that I'm using. And it's a mint that kind of helps with like the hunger pains of which I will, it has to be working because I can't imagine me getting to certain points and not feeling hangry, but I haven't been hangry and I'm grateful for that. So I'm going to link it so you can save 20%. If you should choose, it tastes really well. It's a mint, no harsh, um, uh, gritty feeling afterwards or anything like that. And again, it's been, you know, it, I haven't had any problems with it. I'll just say that. And I have not felt the need to be hangry. Um, I have felt that that desire to feel like I needed to eat, but it was based upon scheduling and me being used to a certain schedule versus me actually being hungry. And then of course, I don't ever want to be hangry because you can't really be successful in anything that you do, whether it's for wellness purposes, if you're going to be angry about why you're doing it. And as we finish out this week's show, I wanted to talk about when people have their mental illness and you're seeing their, their breakdown, their issues that are transforming on social media. For instance, if you would just look at people's social media, I can kind of tell you where they are. Same goes with me. If I'm stressed out about something, if something is irking my entire soul, you will see me type a little bit more than just a one sentence, two sentence thing. And if it's something that you're passionate about, it becomes one thing. But when you're struggling with something, it literally will come out in your conversation. And for us, a lot of that is conversation via social media, social media. For instance, I saw someone on social media, they were talking about their relationship with their child's father, they were going back and forth about it. And obviously, that's a touching point, right? Those are types of situations that could be triggered because something that was supposed to happen didn't happen. But there are times when people are literally hurting and you can read it like legit read exactly what's wrong. You know exactly what's happening and you see it unfold on social media. Now, there was a point in my life. I'm going to go back to them 20s where I would be like, you can't. Why would somebody put that on social media? But I think we all have a level of responding to our life via or through social media. And so what I have been doing is that if I notice that somebody is going through something, I just immediately one say a prayer. And I don't necessarily interject because, you know, some people are not willing to to take it a step further. It's like when somebody posts a drama between them and their and their their person that they didn't already broke up with. And then when you go to respond to it, both of them is ready to attack you. That's the number one reason why I don't always interject or engage with people when they're going through their moments. But it doesn't mean that I can't pray for them. I cannot wish them well. I cannot try to be understanding of whatever it is that they're going through. But oftentimes when people are posting like that and they're having their emotions come out and spill over to social media, 
media is because they're hurting. They're actively going through something that is overwhelming them. They're not able to separate and be really emotionally conscious of what it is that they should or should not be doing. And oftentimes when we see it, it's like, you, you know, and especially when you have people going through the same stuff. I know somebody who literally goes through something like every 1.3 days and it's like, okay, when is enough enough? Right. You see that too. But I think in a situation, I think we have to be less about judging because it's, if I'm not offering anything that's going to stop the situation, if I'm not dedicated and willing to step in to fix it, quote unquote, I can't then worry about it. Like I can't let that overwhelm me. I can't let that consume my thought process. I can't let that be the thing where I talk about this all the time, every two seconds, but um, it's not really offering anything that's going to be of, of, of help. So just be aware that when you see people in social media and it still seems like it's spilling over and it's like a problem and they're going through it and they got all this kind of stuff going on. Like we got to take it back to the times where we pray and not just say you're going to pray, like literally stop what you're doing to offer that assistance in prayer. Like that's the type of stuff that we have to be aware of. All right. So I was talking about a project that I've been working on. And this is the one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I've been very avid, very clear about reminding people to share their story. So again, if you know anything about my story, when I first started to become a blogger, this is well before I became, you know, into the podcasting space, I was dealing with postpartum depression, and I did not feel like I was getting enough support from um, my fiance at the time, I wasn't getting enough support from my family. I was being told things like, you know, go to sleep when the baby goes to sleep, you just need to get some rest. And then I would take these great naps. And I would feel like a million bucks only for me within the next hour or so to just really be at this low place. And one of those situations where that happened, I was amongst some friends, um, we were at the house and me and my fiance at the time, we're going back and forth at it. And I'm literally feeling like I'm like the, the walls are closing in, I feel completely, utterly shattered emotionally I'm all over the place and I'm a wreck and I was like okay I'm getting to the point where you know if you come near me I'm talking to my fiance if you come near me I'm calling the police well, obviously it wasn't 2021 or even 2020 with the stuff that's going on but nonetheless I think when I heard myself say that I would call the police on him I knew at that point obviously either I was either we were going through so much at the time where I needed to really leave the relationship or I needed to get some help so eventually through um, a friend just kind of reaching out to me, I ended up getting help. And I did not know that I was dealing with postpartum depression. And I also didn't know that I had what's called episodic depression, which means that something can trigger for me, a situation will mirror something that's going on in the inside of me. And then that situation will make me trigger into this depressive, depressive state. And it took a while before I figured that out. But what I say all this to say is that I had the opportunity or I have the opportunity to speak on that to write about how I felt during that time, because there could be another woman that could go through that same thing in the midst of her depression, in the midst of her having this baby, and she has this beautiful child like I did. And you should be grateful, you should be excited, you should be happy, you should be all these different things. But the reality was I was struggling. I was I was out of it. I just, I just couldn't get myself together. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out and I didn't understand it and I didn't have help. And it's crazy because when I think about the conversations that I had with the people that were in my life, I'm like, I'm telling you that something is wrong. People are so willing to, at that time, maybe even now to be dismissive. Like you're not able or capable of saying, I realize that I'm not okay. I think people are okay with saying that now more now than they did then, but I was not okay. And I said all of the things, you know, when people say you have to open up and speak to someone, I did that, right? They say, make sure you tell somebody that you're going through, be a support system to someone. And I'm like, listen, I went to the people who I admire the most and I just could not get anyone to see or understand where I, what I was going through. And living with postpartum depression at the time felt like the most loneliest and scariest feeling in the world. And later on, as I began to understand that once my postpartum depression was being taken care of, that I also, in addition, had been dealing with episodic depression, it came 
it became lonelier because in the beginning, my fiance at the time, now husband had no idea what was going on. So he couldn't help me. And a lot of things that he would say would be so triggering. And when you're already in a low place, everything triggers you. But it was like certain things that were being said that just triggered me the wrong way. And when I think about that, it's the reason why I'm glad that I shared that story. And that's really how the blog happened. Once I be, got done with my treatment, my therapist was like, now you need to be able to write, you know, write about your situations, write about yourself, write about the things you have going on. There's so much value. Somebody else needs to hear that. And now on May 1st, I will be able to share an article with you. Um, the company is what to expect. And if you've ever read the book, what to expect when you are expecting, you already know that that has been such a great resource for people, especially when you're on your first child. And I personally read that book. My oldest is 12 or will be 12 soon, I should say she will be 12. And I read that book over 12 years ago. And that book was such a great place for me to get information that, you know, we don't think about. And it was always open up doors for me to talk to my doctor about. And so for me to be able to write for them, um, one is a great a privilege and honor. But on May 1st, that article will drop and I will make sure that I share it with you guys. I am so proud of this particular piece. I have written many pieces before, but it's amazing how, you know, six years in blogging and it feels like it's, you know, going back in a circle to go back to that moment that I started this blog as a resource for someone else who was going through things and a place to talk about life in a way other people don't. You know, if you ever go on Instagram or Pinterest or Twitter or Facebook, people just like myself are only sharing with you the great things about their life. I'm just happened to be one of those bloggers that will show you those nice things, but then come back and say, now look at this picture. Like I can remember taking pictures with my husband and kids. I think at the time I had the two and I remember this big old smile on the, on our faces. But I remember like the arguments that took place, like right before the picture was shot. I remember the turmoil that we were in at the, at that time. Like I remember the turmoil that I was personally in at that time. And so I always like to show like the other side of life, like the fact that we all just look so beautiful all the time. We always have these great filters now and we can change the way that we do certain things and appear to be this really great cookie cutter family and just individual too. The reality of it is, is that I, I like sharing the ugly side, right? That side where someone like myself is struggling, where a mistake had been made, something I wish I could go back in time and fix, but I can't. Like those are the things that everybody struggles with, but we don't, we, there's no way to capture that. Cause what does that look like? And so just being real and honest about where I am, about what I'm doing, about how I feel has been really beneficial to me. It's been helpful to me. And I know it's been helpful for other people because I'll have people, you know, slide in my DMs or send me an email and they're just like, you know, I never heard it like that before. And that just really helped me and brought me so much peace. It's the reason why people, you know, when a lot of my friends can come and ask me and, you know, different pieces of advice and I'm able to say, listen, I, this is where I struggled. This is where I, this is where my little breaking point is. I, I used to tell my mom this all the time, but we all have a crack in our armor somewhere and we just don't get to see sometimes where some people's cracks are. So while you're worrying about the shiny part, the part that you can see, if you ever turn something around and you may be able to find a smallest, a little hole that only maybe you can see, but I like to shed light on that small little hole. I like to shed light on that crack. I like to shed light on that part of our, our lives that are not as shiny and as pretty because you know what, while everyone is smiling, there's a mother somewhere crying and, and she's upset and she's depressed and she doesn't understand why she can't get it together because she's tried multiple times to gather her thought process. She's tried multiple times to be positive and couldn't find a way. Right. Or it could be a family that's struggling, but because family across the streets, pictures seem to be so coordinated, so well put together and everybody seems to be so in love. No one gets to see the fights and the turmoil. No one gets to see the drama that unfolds behind closed doors. So that is the reason why I do the best that I can to try to showcase both sides. Because it's so equally important, the fact that I can go through a week and have an amazing week, but then turn around and tomorrow and my day can go to hell in a handbasket mad quick. 
You know what I'm saying? And so then all the stuff that I've done all week may be overshadowed by this one situation because that is just how life works. And it's a shame that we're not able to be our true authentic self. And it's pretty sad sometimes that we're not able to just say, this is who I am. And you need to understand that this is a part of my story, but this is not the entire story. There's been moments, a thousand and one moments I've been stuck at that place of saying, this is where my story ends only for me to do the work and turn around and be like, wait a minute, there's redemption at this point of the story. Like this is the part where redemption steps in. This is the part where grace comes in where you don't deserve it, but it still comes in. And we have those same parts. It just looks different for every last one of us. So I used to be the type of person that would just compare myself to every little thing. Well, you know, look at their relationship. They seem to be happy. But then one day God had to really humble my thought process and my eyesight. You know, we have to really humble our eyesight. Sometimes we look at things and see things from the place that we wish things would or would be or the place we hope that things are going to be. But sometimes when you humble that eyesight, you can see a little clearly that yeah, it's not as as great as it looks. A group of friends that I know went through this whole tumultuous thing with their marriage. But from my perspective, from my vantage point, right from my eyesight, I would say to my husband, how come we don't take pictures where we smile and we and we have these great moments. But then I saw them at an event. And I saw them completely arguing, having a whole fit, but then they went and I swear it was like clockwork. 30 seconds later, they snapped that picture and it was almost like nothing ever happened. And that's when I realized, I mean, I knew it before, like, you know, that you're not supposed to compare yourself and how off, how often ridiculous that, that, that makes your life, you know, you put more stress in yourself trying to compare, but I did. I was still like hoping that why are we not like that? Why don't we have those moments? Why are we not solid like them? And it like them was not the them that we were seeing, right? And listen, we all have arguments. We all have tough times. We all have these little moments where everything doesn't flow so quickly. But just in that quick flash of them being able to show that quick turnaround time, I knew then that I had to literally refocus my thoughts and stop comparing myself to the lives of people who are around me who one have a different journey than me, right? If somebody else's journey is seeming to be a little, you know, bit better, or I should say, not necessarily better, but definitely appears to be better off. We have to just step back. So I have been on this process of saying, humble my eyesight, stop me from looking at everything from the outside advantage and stop and start to realize that even from an outside advantage, that we have the ability to see what we want to see. So we can hold someone in high regards that shouldn't even be regarded. They shouldn't even be talked to, let alone regarded. So I'm working on that. I'm working on making sure that I focus on what it is that I can bring to the table. What is it that I can do that makes me a little bit better, like for real better. The things that I'm like, you know what, that when I go to do something, I go to say something, I go somewhere, stuff doesn't bother me. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not boggled down. I'm not stressing out. I'm not in a depressive mode. Those are the things that I'm trying to figure out and make sure that I'm okay with instead of me comparing myself to someone else. We have no idea what someone else's story and how they got to how they got to and the things that they had to go through. I mean, when I share my story, sometimes people are just like, really, you just never seen like that type of person. I'm like, well, what does that type of person look like? The type of person who's real or type of person who has issues like the next person, the type of person that I don't know, like what makes me not look like that? And I mean, in a way, that's a great thing that somebody doesn't see you the way you probably see yourself. But in the same token, we always seem to find a way to compare every little aspect of our lives and hope and wish that we could change certain things to be like someone else. The true and authentic person that we can always be is ourselves. And I'm learning that more every, every day when I do more self-care, when I care about myself, when I love on myself a little bit more. When I learned the essence of who I am and again, things like getting Amalika the plant, like those are types of things that I want to gravitate towards more because that's going to make me more of a solid individual than anything that I do, than anything, any piece that I write really becoming a solid individual in my real skin 
within my real uh, parameters, even with the real issues that I, you know, face every single day, just like you face every single day. I just want to become as better as possible. Like I really hope that I'm like, listen, and I don't want to be like a check mark. Like, oh, let me check that off. Yeah, I'm, I'm good here. Check, check, check. But I want to make sure that my insides match what I want my outsides to portray. I don't want to flip my outside so far that I don't even get to really see who I am for me and the things that I need to work through and work on. So I'm always asking God to humble my eyesight. Humble that so that I can focus on the things that are going to be more beneficial. And I'm hoping that maybe you would think about that too. Think about the times when you're overthinking somebody else's life and you've already planned out someone else's life because you already think that you know how the story is going to end just because you saw the opening credits. Like it doesn't work that way. Movies don't work that way. And one thing about the editing process, and no matter if it's a podcast, no matter if it's a uh, blog, doesn't matter if it's a movie, is that things can change. So even when you think the story is going to go one way, if you don't humble your eyesight, things can change. I thought that my life was going to be up, 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 up. If it's up, then it's stuck. And then it got stuck and it wasn't up. Seriously. Like I know that sounded cute, but I'm telling you it wasn't. I was stuck in a rut that I couldn't get out of that my prayer life could not pull me from and my pastor couldn't preach me through that my mom couldn't hug me through and my dad couldn't go and run up against somebody and make things happen like there was really some things in life that just don't always work that way but one thing that does work is being consistent and taking care of yourself and self-care and loving on yourself one thing that works is making sure that you focus on how can you become better you know, making sure that I love my children so that I'm not writing about somebody else's child, but my child suffers. Making sure that if I'm talking about a divorce or a marriage, that my marriage is solid. And if my marriage is not solid, or if my child is not okay, or if my job life or my, my house life is not okay, what am I doing to fix that so that it can be? And not on that by and by stuff, like legit working on it, actively working on it. I, I, that's what I want to be humble to look at and pay attention to and agree and find a way to become stable, to become who I need to be. So if you have the same eyesight that I had before, where all you can see is the good that's happening in someone's life. And you don't realize for every last one of us, we have a story. That story comes with places where we've been marred that story comes with places where we have been broken and that story comes from places where we didn't love each other or love ourselves enough but it's through those those you know humbling our eyesight that we're able to sometimes just take a step back and assess ourselves for the things that we need so that we can become just that much better and this is the reason why I don't want to be a celebrity blogger or only a, some form of celebrity podcaster. Although we do talk about things that happen in the news, it's more or less about wanting to find a way to meet our own personal lives. Because we can get caught up real quick on what folks who have blue check marks and verified accounts are doing and not enough to see where our family is hurting from our lack of being able to really feed them the things that they need. And I'm not talking about just physically, I'm talking about emotionally and mentally. So I hope that you have the best, best weekend. This week, I have been trying to take this class that I said that I was going to take for a hot minute and I have not done it. So the goal is to do that on Saturday. Um, Lord's will on Sunday, I'm going to be going to brunch with a friend and I need to get my youngest and my oldest her hair together too. So that is the goal for my weekend is to really build back into my business. And how do I do that? Um, there's some classes that you can take online. There's some organizations that you can become a part of that give you active resources that then give you the skill sets that you need. So I'm going to be doing that this weekend, finding a way to enjoy life, relaxing, maybe sleeping in maybe on Saturday. I love sleeping in on Saturday. Um, sleeping in for me on a Saturday means sleeping in until like 8 30, 9 o'clock. I'm used to getting up very early in the morning 
And um, yeah, that's a sleep in for me. I actually have been getting more than eight hours of sleep this week. I've been killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it on my workouts. I'm doing the new intermittent fasting. It's not a new fasting, but yes, it's still one. And I have been finding the things of joy. Now, next week, it may not be this great. I may not have all the stuff up this this next week, right? I pray that I do. I'm speaking that I will. But this week, I, you know, as much as stuff has been going wrong in the world, I just want to take five seconds to say and remind you to just always remember how much you are out here truly killing it. Even in your worst situation, you were still here. You were still striving. You're trying to be better. You're killing it. So all the things and the stress levels that I've had this week, I'm still killing it. And for that, I'm going to make sure that I treat myself well, that I talk about and talk to myself well, because I can hear myself, right? And I can feel that tension and I can feel when I'm not loving myself enough. So I want you to have a good weekend. I want you to find at least one thing that makes you happy. I know that on Sundays, people want to be self-care Sundays, but self-care is an everyday act of understanding yourself, hearing yourself, knowing yourself, and then acting and giving yourself the things that you truly need. So let's not forget that this weekend. Have an amazing week. Check the notes because we always have our the things that you're hearing as far as the sponsors for the show and the things that I may talk about. I always talk about at least one um, product that I may be using or I'm, I'm fully aware of. So I'm going to have all of that linked in the show notes. Go back and make sure you share, you like, you uh, review the podcast because again it may be somebody else that may resonate with them and they, they need to hear that this week's episode so don't forget to share don't forget to like don't forget to review don't forget all the things because we'll be here next week so have a great weekend if you're drinking a glass of wine because we know we like to wind down on Fridays make sure that you find the best glass that you can find and that you get the best uh, wine or drink because you don't have to be a wine it don't even have to be an alcoholic drink maybe you a smoothie girl or a smoothie dude do you but whatever it is find a way to treat yourself to something that is going to be refreshing and makes you completely excited i'll see you next week me and amalika gonna be right here because she's gonna be right next to me until this cat gets his life together and somebody pray that his soul will get saved so he can stop choosing violence have a good weekend Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.